Welcome, Revolutionary Mama, to the Raising Wild Hearts podcast. I'm Ryan Watkin, educator, mom of three, rebel at heart, and passionate soul on a mission to empower and inspire you. Here, we'll explore psychology, spirituality, parenthood, and the intersection where they all come together. We'll discover how challenges can be fertile soil for growth, and that even in the messy middle of motherhood, we can find magic in the mundane. Join me on my own personal journey as I talk to experts and share resources on education, creativity, self-care, family culture, and more. I believe we can change the world by starting at home in our own minds and hearts, and that when we do, we'll be passing down the most important legacy there is, healing. And so it is. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Raising Wild Hearts podcast. Um, So today I want to talk about an elephant in the room. I don't know if it's an elephant in your room, but it's definitely an elephant in my room. Um, So often when we talk about parenting or when we're pregnant or when we're doing like the baby shower thing or decorating the nursery, we have a tendency to really focus on like, oh, the baby and oh, how sweet. And, um, you know, I can't wait to have kids. And we have this kind of idealized or idyllic version of what motherhood and parenthood will be in our minds. Um, And that's, of course, before we're in it. You know, I think before I became a mom, I definitely had an idealized version of what it was and what it was going to be. And I didn't really think about the challenges that would come along with it. So today I just want to talk about like the shittiest parts about being a mother and being a parent. And, you know, I think it's important for us to really address that we can have a tendency, I can have a tendency to be like good vibes only and not talk about the hard shit. And I think we need to really normalize talking about the hard stuff. So if you want to hear this conversation as like just me venting, if you want to hear this conversation because it's helpful for you, because you've had a hard day or hard week or month or year or decade, um, then that's okay too. And then Also, like, skip over this conversation if it feels like it's going to be painful for you. Maybe you're someone who's trying to conceive or wants to be a parent super bad. And, you know, I'm super compassionate that this conversation will land differently depending on what stage of life you're in. Um, I always joke around in like somebody should pull people aside at the baby shower and be like, listen, you're like, you're in for it, dude. And just kind of like say like, you know, shit gets real when you become a parent. And you know, maybe that's not everyone's experience either. For me, and if you're listening to this podcast, it likely is your experience somewhat. Um, But there are some people who transition into parenthood without even like a bump in the road. And that's cool too. So I'm aware that like this will land differently for you depending on where you're at. So that's okay. And so yeah, before we dive into that, couple things. Um, I am working behind the scenes to publish episodes over the summer. Uh, My kids are going to be off school, off camp. We're spending a lot of time together. We're doing a little bit of traveling. So I want to make sure that you know that I'm working behind the scenes to have episodes coming out for you every Monday. 
There's a slight chance that there'll be a break in seasons. So if so, I would wrap up season one and then start season two shortly into the month of September. Um, So just heads up. But my goal is to just like keep it going, keep it flowing, keep it fluid throughout the summer. Um, So there's that. And then also what I'm reading is... The Whole and Healthy Family, Helping Your Kids Thrive in Mind, Body, and Spirit. And this is by Jody Maccabee. She's kind of a well-known homeschooling mama. I believe she has five children. Um, and I'm about halfway through the book, and I like it. And I'm going to share my biggest takeaway because I don't know why. This might be obvious to you, but this was like a giant light bulb for me. I'm super into social emotional learning. I love talking about emotions and the nuances they're in. I love, you know, modeling for my kids healthy expression of emotions. I love allowing them to express their emotions. And one of the things that she brought up in this book was that she has her children name the feeling to tame it. And I've heard that expression before, name it to tame it. Um but she also mentioned in detail that she helps her children kind of bounce back or become resilient or move on from that feeling. So in my family, I'll like, you know, oh, you're really sad. Let's like sit with that. Let's really feel what does that sadness feel like? And I almost like dive down into this like valley of sadness or frustration or joy or whatever it may be. I'm like, let's really stick with this feeling. And sometimes like, I think physiologically, we feel a feeling for like 20 seconds, and then we can let it go. So something that I've been doing as of late, just as of reading this in this book is, okay, you're feeling whatever it is in the moment, whether this is for myself or for my kids. Um, Yep, you're feeling that and acknowledge that, validate it, and then moving on. So what can we do to choose to get out of this feeling? One day I said to one of my daughters, we were having a heart to heart in the bathroom of all places. And we were just sitting there chatting. And, you know, she was like, I'm I'm so angry. And I was like, okay, you're super angry. This happened. And you're feeling really angry right now. And I can see your eyebrows are really scrunched up. And what I'm saying is, let's leave that anger in the bathroom and then go out and start over. And she was like, I don't know how. And I said, well, you know, can you stomp your feet? Can you take a few dragon breaths? That's what we call like this kind of like really like fierce breath of like, you know, letting it all out and maybe even like roaring like a dragon, whatever it is. And I gave her a couple options and she's like, oh, okay. So I forget which one she did, but she did something and her eyebrows, like, you know, her face went back to baseline and she stepped out of the bathroom and she was over it. So I think that's a really helpful part of this book. And then she's also got a lot of other little tidbits. I like it. Um, It's super God-centric, like in a Christian, um, from a Christian lens, which, you know, I'm cool with. And I can just kind of replace the word God with whatever word. Um, I do happen to use the word God, so I like it. She does quote some scriptures. And, you know, I kind of like that, too. I have never been like a huge Bible reader but I appreciate just kind of learning. So I would recommend it so far. I'm halfway through. All right. Now let's talk about the worst parts of parenting. Again, this is almost just like cathartic for me. And so hopefully you resonate with it a little bit and just take what you want. And then also 
leave what you don't. Like that's what I always say to my kids when they're eating dinner, like eat what you want and leave what you don't. So the first thing, and this is just so fresh for me, and I was actually just meditating and reflecting this morning, and I'm like, I am so fucking tired. My husband is so fucking tired. Like we're just really tired. Our toddler is one and a half ish and he just is constantly going through developmental leaps and we're really like figuring out what food is, you know, nourishing for his body and feels good for him. And he's teething and he so there's like one thing after another and he's just not a great sleeper in this season right now. And it's been that way for quite a while. Um he was like a really good sleeper out of the gate as like an infant even, and he co-slept with me. And it was just really kind of like lovely in this beautiful like six-month postpartum, you know, newborn phase. And then he started to hit these leaps and really got more active. And so he's just an active boy and he, you know, he just doesn't sleep right now. It just kind of is what it is. And so I was like reflecting on my tiredness and owning it. And being like, well, I still have to like show up in my day-to-day life. I still have to do what I said I'm going to do. I'm still going to record this podcast. I'm still going to take the dog for a walk. I'm still going to, you know, go on our anniversary date this weekend. My husband and I have our 10th anniversary coming up. Um, So, you know, life doesn't stop when you're tired. And I still have a tendency to be like, I'm so tired and to get stuck in this place and kind of like make it like a rut or a funk. And, you know, sometimes that's the appropriate response. And sometimes I just let myself do that. And then I was just thinking like, you know, not sleeping is just the absolute worst part of parenthood. It's just the worst. It's nothing is good when you don't sleep. Like it really isn't like maybe nothing's maybe not nothing is good, but everything is just a little more shitty when you're sleep deprived and just kind of like owning that of like, you know what? I'm sleep deprived and this day just feels like 15% shittier because of that. Um, So I'm just kind of allowing myself to say that, do that, feel that and not get stuck in that, like not get stuck in the rut, um, not get woe is me. It's such a season. I think, you know, in retrospect with my older two, they each had a different season of not sleeping. Actually, funny enough, it was different for all three of my kids, like the age um, in which they were not good sleepers. So, and they pass through it. And sometimes still at six and eight, they still wake up too, you know, with a dream or they're thirsty or they have to go to the bathroom. And so it's like our brains almost get wired when we become parents to not sleep as well. It's like, what is that good night of sleep anyway? So, and I just think it's really terrible because sleep is everything. Sleep is so important. It's like one of the major foundations for our health and our well-being And so, you know, too, we can like explore how even amidst these like sleepless seasons, like how we can make it a little bit better. So recently I got a sleep mask. I was like, I just need to like black out all the little light. You know, there's, we have like blackout curtains and whatever, but there's still little light that pokes through. So 
I wear a sleep mask and that makes it a teeny bit better. I'm utilizing like CBD oil when I'm like waking up in the middle of the night and I'm starting to think and, you know, really get that like mental worry muscle going in the middle of the night, which also sucks, um, which is a great segue into the next thing that is really, really hard and challenging about parenthood. And that's just like the constant worry. And I am like very future oriented. I'm like futuristic. I'm an Aquarius. So maybe like just by nature, I'm like constantly thinking about the future. I'm like, we can change the world by starting at home. I'm envisioning the greatest future. I'm envisioning my next step and our next step as a family. And so part of that is me worrying about the hard things possibly that are coming down the pike, you know? Um, And so maybe you can relate to this. I mean, this is like what we commonly label as anxiety. Like I'm feeling so anxious or my anxiety or however we label it, however we own it, um, however you own it. It's, I am not in the present moment. I'm thinking about what could happen. I'm thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about seven minutes from now when I have to get up and do this thing. I'm thinking about 20 years from now. Am I going to have a good relationship with my kids? I'm thinking about next week because I know I have this, you know, these couple days where I'm so busy and I'm thinking about the preparation and the planning and the this and the that. And so, you know, I was always a little bit of a worrier, but the parenthood brought it, the parenthood, the parenthood, the motherhood brought it to like next level. And, you know, I wasn't planning on like offering solutions. Honestly, I was on it. Like I was really just planning on like venting and having this be like, this is super shitty. However, I'm like kind of seeing the bright side in these things. And like everything is a lesson. Like the, I mean, I say it in the intro, like growth comes from the, the dark places. Like growth comes from the challenge. So there's an invitation in all of our challenges to grow and to expand and to, you know, become a better version of ourselves, to give ourselves more self-compassion. So for this, like the worry piece, you know, just some solutions for me. I mean, the solution for me is presence for sure. And the avenue in which to get to presence is breath. We've talked about it a lot on this show already. Um, The previous episode where I interviewed Adam Hart and we talked about nervous system regulation, that was like one of the biggest things that he taught us about was that when we have a regulated nervous system, we can feel peaceful, calm, and all those like juicy, yummy feelings. And I'm trying to pull up the episode number because if you haven't heard it yet, you know, it's episode 11. iTunes took away episode numbers, which is really interesting. And I'm not sure what's going on with that. But anyway, if you still have episode numbers, it's episode 11 and it's called nervous system regulation, the key to connection and thriving. So breath is really that avenue to get to the present moment. And when we're in the present moment, we're not thinking about the past. We're not thinking about the future. We're here even when it's hard, even if our kid's throwing a tantrum, even if, you know, whatever's going on around us, the chaos, like we can be the calm in the chaos. Um, And worrying sucks. (laughs) 
So yeah, let's just commiserate over that for a minute. Like it sucks. And there's a lot to worry about. Like, you know, there's a lot to think about. There's a lot of outcomes that we think about. Will our kids thrive? Will our kids like this school? Will our kids be happy here? Well, you know, whatever. Um, so, and you know, just another amazing segue, I'm just teeing them up today, um, is the mental load that we carry, particularly as mothers. And I know that fathers and the masculine carries another type of load. I know they do. Um, it's a different pressure, but we as moms, especially, we have this multitasking thing. The female brain is actually wired to multitask. We are wired to, you know, be paying attention to the oatmeal on the stove and the baby crying and the eight-year-old science project and the, you know, timer going off because something's in the oven and the person who just knocked on the door because the neighbor's coming over to you know, share something. And so we're actually wired to be able to do this as women. Um, And let me tell you, as you probably know, motherhood is a really, really great practice ring for all of these tasks that we carry in our head. Because, you know, even with one child, with two, regardless of how many kids you have, there are a lot of moving parts to raising children. There is a lot that needs to be done There's a lot of boxes that need to be checked off. There are a lot of things to do. And it's not so much about being. It's a lot about doing, showing up, you know, even just being present for our kids, like all of it. So there's this like mental load that we're constantly carrying. And I'm not really like a checklisty kind of a gal, if you haven't figured out by now. Like, I don't really write a list. I mean, when it gets like really bad, my husband will be like, maybe writing a list would be helpful. He has to tread very lightly because I'm like, you know, I like to do things my own method. And I'm like, you know, this is a good time to write a list. So, but generally speaking, just like on a Tuesday morning, I don't have like a list of things. You know, I have a, a loose like, planner, which actually this is kind of like a hot tip if you're anything like me. I think this was from Kate Northrup's book, Do Less, I want to say. And she said having like a list, hopefully I'm attributing this right, but having a list of things for the week to get to instead of like having this daily pressure. And that's actually kind of, you know, been a game changer for me. So if I do make a list, typically it's like what needs to be done this week? But also like even with a list, even with a planner, we're still like carrying it in our minds and like, do we need more milk? What needs to be gotten from the grocery store? What's for dinner tonight? What's for dinner in three days? How can we use the leftovers from tonight for for three days from now? That like all of these things. There's like so many more examples. And it can feel like frantic. It can get us into this dysregulated nervous system place where we're just showing up as these like frantic, busy versions of ourselves. And we can snap at the people we love because we've got so much going on in our mind, you know, rightfully so. Um, And I just think that that's like one of the really, really hard parts for me. It's one of the really tricky things is like having to, you know, be this CEO of a household. Um, It's really intense for sure. So, 
you know, and I'm really curious for you because this is like, you know, mainly my experience. I know some of it's universal, probably a lot, um, but I'd love to know what the shittiest part of motherhood is for you. You can email me at hello at Raising Wild Hearts Podcast and let me know. Um, you know, maybe I'll share some of your things in an upcoming episode. I think that would be really cool to get to a point um, where I'm like, you know, taking questions or, you know, suggestions on what to chat about um, from you. So yeah, there's that. And then let's see. One more thing. This is the last thing. And this is kind of like, you know, maybe the one that's the most universal. And of course, there's more. You're going to be like, well, this is really shitty for me too, being a parent. But what we'll finish out on is the constant mirror or mirrors being held up to us, showing us where we need to heal, showing us what we have refused to look at thus far, showing us where we're hurt and wounded and our inner children are, you know, crying and curled up in a ball. Like motherhood, parenthood really gives us that opportunity to take a look within our own psyches and say like, oh, I've been brushing this aside for decades. And now I have this beautiful, wonderful, pure, amazing child who's holding up this mirror on what my triggers are. And really giving me an opportunity to see what I'm challenged with and what I really need to work on. Um, And so this could like tie into everything we talked about because our kids are just perfect mirrors in what we need to see and what has been possibly too hard or too painful to look at our entire lives. I know that's the case for me. You know, becoming a parent has shown me the work that I need to do. Before then, it was kind of easy for me to brush it under the rug. It was kind of easy for me to numb out. It was kind of easy for me to just not pay attention. So the more conscious I've become, I really correlate that to the more years I've been a parent. Uh, So it's been a major opportunity for me. And I'm curious if you feel the same. It's okay for us to say like, this is really fucking hard. And if you don't have a community where you're able to vent and you have a community that feels kind of, um, you know, just sugarcoated or we don't really like share our deepest truths, like, you know, hopefully this was a good space for you to come and to listen and to know you're not alone and, you know, just feel like the solidarity that I think we're all struggling in some way, shape, or form. And to just go ahead and name it to tame it, like I'm struggling because of this, this, and this. And then it is what it is. And it's easier to let go. It's easier to then find the lesson in it. It's easier to find the growth from it. So yeah, I hope that's what you get out of this conversation, even though we've ended, even though it's just like, you know, kind of a brain dump of like the shittiest things to like we have an opportunity to turn it into something beautiful. So I hope you have an amazing week. If you feel inspired, it would be awesome if you jumped on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening 
and to leave a five-star review and some words about what you love about being here. That would be amazing. It's going to help get the podcast into more earbuds. And also share an episode with a friend. That's an amazing way to share the love and spread the word. As always, thank you so much for being here. I super appreciate you. Love chatting with you. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.